0: Hey, it's NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Andrew Limbong. Today's book is one of those Rashomon-style stories where one story is told through multiple angles and perspectives. But instead of a singular incident, What's repeated is the life of one guy, a mega-rich baron type during the Great Depression. The book is titled Trust, and it comes from author Hernan Diaz. And he said he wanted to give this story the multiple-angle treatment because he was attracted to this idea of different narratives, of the gap between history and fiction. Obviously, that gap is on a lot of folks' mind in this modern age. And Diaz makes the point to NPR Scott Simon about how wealth is really what helps men, because it is usually men, warp reality in this country.
1: Renan Diaz's new novel, Trust, may move you to look differently at, say, a $5 bill. Why are we so confident it can buy a cup of coffee and a muffin? Because it has a story, a narrative, you might say, that money— can buy what we need and perhaps what we want and eventually what we may dream about. But what is money, really? Trust is a book spun from four narratives, a novel wrought from the tale of the life of Andrew Bevel, a financial baron during the 1929 stock market crash, then his attempt to write his own story, then his secretary's memoir, and finally the journal left by his deceased wife, Mildred. Let's ask the novelist to read from the secretary's memoir when she applies for her job. Why work at a place that makes one thing when I could work at a company that makes
0: all things? Because that's what money is. All things. Or at least, it can become all things. It's the universal commodity by which we measure all other commodities. And if money is the god among commodities, this With my upturned palm, I drew an arc that encompassed the office and suggested the building beyond it is its high temple.
1: Hernan Diaz joins us now. Thank you so much for being with us.
0: Thank you for having me. An enormous pleasure.
1: What do um, the four narratives help us see that, that let's say, uh, the omniscient voice that includes four viewpoints wouldn't? Well, the novel is
0: concerned to a large extent with the distinction between history and fiction. Uh, the idea was to present uh, a novel within the novel, a historical document, uh, a memoir, and a personal journal, and um, recruit the reader as a textual detective of sorts, have them ask themselves uh, mm. how reality itself may be the effect of a textual construction maybe may the effect of different narratives.
1: Beville is uh, is not flattered to see his life become the stuff of fiction on a novel written by a man named Harold Vanner any more than uh, William Randolph Hearst liked Citizen Kane uh, right? the Orson Welles film. But in a sense, can you understand that? Um, I can understand
0: that, and I try to be very sympathetic to, to this character. I tried at all times to avoid... Uh, creating a straw man. I try to give him humanity. I try to give him certain dignity, uh, despite his actions uh, being so despicable. And uh, and I think this comes to light uh, in 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 his private life, in his marriage, because this is not just a, a sweeping uh, a picture of, of of American politics or American finance at the time. It is also very very much uh, a story about intimacy, a story about marriage with his wife, who is. I would say, the central character of this book.
1: And let us talk then about about Mildred, who dies young and beloved. Did she win a lottery in life to become part of such wealth and be a patron of the arts and a philanthropist, or, or was she squelched somehow? Hmm.
0: Well, look, uh, I, I find uh, reading about wealth in America, both in history and in fiction, women have been completely and utterly erased from those narratives. If they appear in narratives of wealth, it is uh, with uh, mostly three pre-assigned roles, either as wives, as secretaries, or as victims. And I was interested in taking all these three positions, these stereotypical positions, and subverting them.
1: Yes, I, I made a note of something she writes. She says... I discovered a deep well of ambition within. From it, I extracted a dark fuel. Oh, my word, those are Chilean words. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I wanted to make sure that at no point Mildred was not a victim, was not a sacrificial lamb. Uh, and I think the, the passage that you just quoted shows her agency. And with agency comes uh, responsibility, mistake, or the possibility of making mistakes— uh, and I wanted to give her
1: that as well. So many uh, characters believe in a market that, in time, sets values, and I mean it in both senses, in all senses. That sets values aright. Uh, not just Bevel, the financial Baron, but in, in fact his secretary's uh, father is an anarchist, and and he, in a way, believes in a, a marketplace of ideas that the, that the world will eventually cast off capitalism. Um. In a sense, do novelists have to trust in that too, that people will understand and find what they have to say?
0: I'm always a little terrified to assign intention to to readers, and I have to leave this uh, open to be received as it may. And I think, actually, now that you mentioned this, Scott, the book is about this. The book is, to an enormous extent, about this man who's trying to control a narrative mm-hmm. uh, um, and this is something that I found about wealth uh, in general and wealth in America in particular. Great fortunes have the ability to distort and warp the reality around themselves. Furthermore, they have the power to align, to bend reality according to their own designs. I think, in fact, the greatest luxury good today out there is not, you know, mansions or yachts. It is reality itself.
1: I mean, this week in particular, and I'm sure it's occurred to you, the richest people in the world they all happen to me, by the way, Mark Zuckerberg, Jeff Bezos, all own major media platforms.
0: Of course, there was an intimate and an immediate conversation between the book as I was writing it and reality as it unfolded on on the newspapers. Uh, and I think those men, let's, let's again use that word yeah. with great deliberation that, that you mentioned, are prime examples of this impulse of bending and aligning reality around a great fortune. And I think we could also tentatively define power as that ability to impose reality onto others. Hernandez,
1: his new novel, Trust. Thank you so much for being with us.
0: Thank you, Scott. A pleasure and a great honor.